So, good morning. How's everyone this morning? I'll start off with a public announcement. Thank you, James. Apparently, there's a silver Mazda Familiar, Rego BBU248. It has its lights on. Hopefully, it's not yours. If it is, please go. Is it? <laughs> Come on, JJ. <laughs> Thank you, whoever spotted that. Alrighty. Here we go. Carrying on with the theme of prayer, Colin shared with us last week his little, and I wrote them down, I've been reflecting on them, his little gush, hush, help, uh, what was the other one? Thanks, sorry, and wow. <laughs> I've been reflecting on those. I used to kind of keep it short and sweet with the uh, youth ministry, the Icons boys, and just use TSP. Thank you, sorry, and please. Um, but hey, it's great to follow on this message and to, to actually reflect back on not long ago I was standing up front here like a number of you and we were reflecting on, on kind of this time period over the lockdown. What was God doing in that time period and, and what was the experience for you? And I loved Isaac, you know, cleanliness is close to godliness, 20 seconds of washing our hands. I think we all remember that one. But maybe you remembered me. I was standing here saying I was grumpy Gary during the lockdown. And that was ironic because actually we were going through the book of Exodus, weren't we? And I felt a bit like those Israelites that Moses was trying to kind of drag and cajole on out of to the promised land. Billy Graham refers to, to prayer as a cry of our innermost beings. And Colin last week uh, shared, prayer is you being you. And so you might have your own definition of prayer. Prayer, I believe, is a really deeply intimate time where we, we come close to our, our Lord and Savior. And I'm not here today to tell you the key definitions of prayer. I'm here to share what God impressed on me by His Spirit during the lockdown. Because I was grumpy. Those of you who don't know, I'm the principal of a beautiful college called Vision College. And I, God gives me the opportunities every day to step out into that place. And to use my wonderful gift of encouragement, which, by the way, means moving around, connecting, and through the eyes, the eyes of the, the innermost way into our souls, looking into the eyes of my staff and students and encouraging them. And I was missing that. I was grumpy. And it was lovely to be reminded, if we can get the slides working, reminded that actually... It's not about running around. It's not about works of service. It's not about uh, using our gifts. They are important. And even worship today here on the stage is critically important. But actually soon we're going to learn what Jesus encouraged us. And what God stirred in me was our chief end is to glorify God. Our prayers matter to God. My prayers, your prayers. Prayer changes everything. And whether we're in a lockdown, whether we're now blessed to be here today, which many around the world, by the way, are not blessed to share this wonderful experience, sitting close quarters again together. What a blessing. doesn't matter where we are. I come from a third world country. Uh, folks are battling in that place today just to get water, food, power. doesn't matter where we are. We can always glorify our God. We can always bow before him and pray. And you know, I had no one knocking on my door in my little wee bubble. The kids sometimes try to kind of badger me, right? 
but it was much easier to manage that noise and that, that kind of disruption. Um, and it's wonderful to then just sit quietly and by His Spirit to be reminded that in those quiet times, isn't it great to just pray? Just pray for, for you, pray for this, this family of believers here, pray for my staff, pray for my students, pray for the youth workers who were getting frustrated at the time because they were kind of also missing out and connecting with the young people, right? This was a key prayer request that kept coming. And so we could just pray, and, and, and that's what I did. And so, there we go. I was grumpy Gary no more. I won't hold that picture up there for too long, right? <laughs> so let's see what the Word of God, if you've got your Bible with you, please open it up to that wonderful Gospel of Mark, Mark 11, because we're going to share a little bit about Jesus at the temple, because this is where, when you want to learn more about what God's stirring in you, and that word stir, by the way, is, is, is nothing if it doesn't spur us on to action, to do something about it. And this sharing with you today is part of that God stirring me up to come and share. So Jesus here, this is on Palm Sunday, actually. We just sang that lovely song, Hosanna. Folks would have been would have been singing Hosanna as Jesus returns on Palm Sunday into, into Jerusalem. He's returning, and we'll pick it up here from verse 15. On reaching Jerusalem, Jesus enters the temple courts and began driving out those who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves. Doves were used part of the, the offerings. And would not allow anyone to carry merchandise through the temple courts. And I love this. In his obvious grumpiness, I call Jesus grumpy, grumpy Jesus here. He still took time to teach. And it says here, and as he taught them, he said, it, is it not written? My house will be called a house of prayer for all nations. But you have made it a den of robbers. And so amidst his grumpiness, he's re-establishing the authority of the house of God. It is a place, first and foremost here, he says, my house will be called a house of prayer for all nations. He doesn't say a house of worship. We know we worship in the house of God. He doesn't say a place of missions. We know we, we go out and we, we, we bring the gospel to those around us. But he says, my house will be called house of prayer for all nations. And I love that for all nations. He doesn't, he doesn't say it's only for those who believe or perhaps who are inquiring of him. All of us can come together in the house of God and pray. At Vision College, uh, where I work, I love saying everybody is welcome around the table. You know, every, every cohort that we have coming in, we have, we've had, uh, I won't bore you on the details, but we've had white supremacists come We've had folks with rap sheets as long as my arm, some with ankle bracelets that are under police monitoring, under the youth justice system. We've had all folks coming. And actually, I've had a lot of Christians come to me and say, what's this place turning into, Gary? And I'll say, everybody is welcome around the table here, but we will hold them accountable on their behavior. Just as Jesus says, my house will be called a house of prayer for all nations. Everybody is welcome. Now, when we become born again, uh, our bodies become the temple of God. And as our, a temple, this is also a house of prayer. And that's what I really felt God 
pressing into me. It's great to gather here and pray together in this place. But wherever we go, we are the house of God. We are called to pray, to uplift and to worship our God wherever we go. And we pray for those white supremacists. We pray for those embattled souls. We pray for those who are battling with drugs and other addictions that come to us. Rather than shun them or turn them away at the door, which a lot of our other providers are doing around this country. They're all welcome around our table. And interesting that Jesus was quoting uh, from one of the prophets, Isaiah, when he was sharing in the temple. Prophet Isaiah, as well as Prophet Jeremiah, were shown by God through visions that God's house is a house of prayer. So Jesus is actually quoting um, Isaiah here when he, went, when he entered the temple. And that means he knew the word of God, didn't he? Uh, Kieran just, uh, just mentioned a, a while before that actually, you know, we, we can step out into these times and places and get grumpy about lockdown and other things. And I've just used a little quote from my father up there. To understand God is impossible, but to worship him is imperative. To pray to him is imperative. We live in a world, folks, where I see a lot of this. We question why. Why are these things happening? And I kind of, I think I get that. I get, I get the fact that we get frustrated. I was questioning, why am I missing out on Why is this COVID thing happening? It's making me ineffective for the kingdom, I felt. But isn't it lovely that God used that to stir in me the ability to come back to his word and to pray? It's a lovely time and a place. So try not dwell on the whys, but just be thankful that God gives us the ability here in New Zealand, by the way, we call this place God's own. It's the first thing that struck me when I arrived here in 1998. We are not persecuted, openly at least, for our faith. There are countries we are openly persecuted. You will die if you try and gather like we are doing here today. We need to be super thankful and lift our prayers up loudly and boldly wherever we go. So some of you may have picked up when we were going through the book of Exodus... This lovely little portion of scripture in Exodus, again, if you've got your word with you, please open in Exodus 33, 7. And we pick it up here from verse 7. Now Moses used to take a tent. And when I hear words like tent and camping, can I just say, I get super interested because I'm an outdoors kind of guy. So I became most interested in this portion of scripture. Now Moses used to take a tent and pitch it outside the camp some distance away calling it the tent of meeting. Anyone inquiring of the Lord would go to the tent of meeting outside the camp. Inquiring of the Lord. Is that sounding to you a bit like prayer? <laughs> right? And so I love this because Moses had the high priority of not just leading the people out, but actually the priority of establishing a place of prayer. Wherever he went, he used to pitch this tent. We know this. And encourage those around him to pray. Uh, we know further in the Old Testament, uh, people like Jeremiah, uh, uh, Nehemiah, sorry, who was called to go and reestablish the wall of Jerusalem. What was the first thing that Nehemiah did when he arrives? Besides scoping out the joint, walking around, checking things out, meeting the people, the finer, checking out how everyone's doing, he reestablishes the temple. He builds the temple, restores the temple. And then Ezra, 
his preacher comes along and preaches the word in the temple. And now we've got the priorities right, and now we build the wall. Lovely example again of priorities. So where's your tent of meeting, I wonder? I've got some pictures up there. Hopefully you can see where some of my places of meeting, my tents of meeting. Some of them are actual tents. Does this little light thing work? Let's see. Yep, there we go. There's a hot tent. I was talking to <laughs> Malcolm and, and, uh, earlier. There's the little hot tent over there, a little stove. There's another tent there. So they could literally be tents, but they could also be beautiful places like Lake Taylor over here or in my workplace, a farewell to one of our staff or up there with uh, a gathering of the, the Canterbury police, the Christian police. Where is our place of meeting? Where is your tent of meeting? And down the bottom left there, those of you, it's a bit of a dark picture, but it's Colin sitting on his kayak. I think he's quietly contemplating. There were three of us in that uh, little wee cave when we did the circumnavigation of Quail Island. Each of you will have your little place of gathering. And my mum calls them those little, those little blessed places, those little quiet places. We need to find time to go into those quiet places amidst the busyness. I escaped in that little wee white tent on the top left there last week Friday, fired up the little wee wood stove inside and had a blessed time just praying and worshipping our God all by myself out in the back country. Some people say I'm crazy. I say it was a great and blessed time. So I would love to share a few examples of how I'm bringing in my, my prayer life into my work life, my everyday ordinary life. And I will do that in a minute, but first I'd like to invite a couple to come forward. We've got the mic here to come and share a little bit about um, two questions from their perspectives. And perhaps we'll invite a few others to come forward that haven't been invited. So the questions are how you engage in prayer in your everyday ordinary life. And any examples of that answered prayer. Now is Phil here? I don't think Phil came today. Oh, pretty. We might have to hear from him another time. Uh, Kieran, you here? Oh, Kieran, we'll hear from Kieran. And if anyone else would like to come forward and answer those two questions, please, I'd love you to come. Thank you. Hello. Um, so Gary came and well, he texted me this week and asked me to share about this. Um, so uh, prayer for me, um, so that first question, how do you engage with prayer in your, in your everyday life? I've got a couple of stories um, about that. Obviously, um, I'm one of the youth workers um, that works at Shirley Boys. Um, and so for us, prayer is really important, not just from our own prayer lives, but prayer from our, from our church, from our congregation, so we can do the work that we do. Um, and I remember one afternoon, um, I was a bit at a bit of a loose end, didn't really have much to do. It was actually just about to head home for the day. And um, I just, you know, flicked up a quick prayer, said, God, you know, is there anything I need to do before I leave today? And um, I, it was just at the end of lunchtime, and this one uh, kid came up to the dean's office that we have, where we're usually based, and said, is there anybody available, is there a dean or a counsellor or anybody available that can come and help? We've got a friend who's going through a really rough time right now, and we just need somebody to come and help him. 
and um, they all kind of looked around a bit scrambled and they said, well, the councillor's not here, all of the deans aren't here. And so they kind of turned to me and said, Kieran, you're here, why don't you go and sort this kid out and see what's, what's going on? So, um, so along I went and um, we went and met with this, with this young man and um, he was really great. You know, we, um, we ended up having a, a conversation for the entire afternoon for about an hour and a half. We, we, um, we hung out, we talked, we um, talked about a lot of issues that had been going on with him, what kind of led him up to that point. And then um, since then, we've caught up a couple of times since then, and, and um, he's actually getting established into a youth group now, and I'm um, starting to to um, connect with a with another community outside of you know having a youth worker. So that's really cool. Um, also, another story I've got, um, if I've got time, um, another um, thing of answered prayer is um, this week my car got broken into, unfortunately. Um, and which which is all good because um, they only took my frisbees, which I play a bit of frisbee golf um, out there with my friends. Um, and so to me, they meant a lot, and I was really um, I was really shattered about it. Um, but the person who ended up stealing from my car, um, I thought, you know, what would be the good thing to do right now is just to pray for them. You know, they probably did that because they were in a really rough time themselves. You know, maybe maybe money was tight, maybe they lost their job, I don't know. And so I kind of just flicked up a wee prayer, said, God, I thank you for that person. Um, you know, just whatever comes from this, I hope that they can be put on a better path. You know, there was just something quick and simple like that. And um, then later on that week, it was actually Friday, I got an email um, from one of my best friends and it said that I got a voucher for a, for Frisbees to buy online. And so all of my friends had kind of chipped in and given me a voucher so that I could replace all of the Frisbees that had been lost. And so I was like, oh, that's really cool. So I was really chuffed about that. So that was a good end to my week. But, yeah, is that what you're after? Yeah, Gary? yeah, great. Thank you. And let's give God a round of applause for the response to prayer. And actually some awesome friends. Thank you for coming. Please. Yeah. Um, I teach at Middleton Grange School, which is a Christian school, in year five, and this last three weeks I've had a trainee teacher with me who <coughs> was a Fijian Indian lady who's come over, um, and we were at having our normal staff meeting where we always pray, and the next day she said to me, because um, some of the content I did sort of wonder how she would react to it, because she's from a Hindu background, um, and she said to me, oh, I really enjoyed your staff meeting last night. And I said, okay, tell me a bit more. And she said, when you prayed, not me personally, but within the group, when you prayed, I really felt something. And she got quite teary, so she really felt God's presence. And I was quite challenged by that because, you know, I was sort of thinking, oh, yeah, just run-of-the-mill prayers. Um, and I thought, <laughs> how perhaps how casual come become about prayer and actually how we can take it for granted and who we are actually communicating with. Thank you very much, yeah. yes. And remember in the beginning, prayers change everything. Prayers change everything. Thank you for being brave and honest. How do we... All right. <laughs> the microphone. You can see I'm a non-musician, eh? Please, thank you. Thank you. Hello, can you hear me? <laughs> I'm Joan Hagen. I'd just like to speak to you on prayer. Um, this is going back a while back. But uh, I want to show you sometimes how God does work supernaturally. I believe supernaturally in prayer. Um, one day, my son, oh, he'd be about nine or ten. I had to go to the dentist with him in town. And um, 
I got, I got on the bus and it was in the squid at that time and I had to walk across the bus to go to the dentist. And so I went across the square and we had to go between, you know, where the old um, toilets were and there was a bag shop and I had to go through there, through Cash, I know Herdman Street, through um, Wickhouse into Cashel Street to the dentist. And as I was going across the square, I saw this tramp, and he was a proper tramp. He had an old coat on, he had a bottle of beer in his hand or something, and a paper under his arm, and he was shuffling along, and I had to pass in front of him. And as I passed in front of him, I can't remember whether I said it out loud or whether I just said it in my mind, but I said, God, please help that man. I remember saying that. And I didn't think anything about it. I was running late, and I went straight across through Wickhouse, and when I got through Wickhouse, I had to turn around to go to the, you know, the um, dentist. And on the other side of the road, as I came out of the door of Wickhouse, was that tramp. Now, how he got there, only God knows, because he would have had to go on along Cashel Street over two lots of lights to get where I was, and he didn't know where I was going. And as I got there, I walked along, and he walked behind me, and as he walked behind me, I just prayed quietly in tongues. And when I got to the um, the dentist, I had to go upstairs and he pushed something in my arm and I thought, oh God, it's a drink, you know. But it wasn't, it was a newspaper. But when I got home for three days, I could say I wept and cried for that man's salvation and I feel one day I'll see him up there. And then there was another one, was a punk rocker and every day I used to go out of our house to go to church and that was when we were at the Baptist church down the road there. And um, what happened was I used to go along and uh, he, this punk rocker with his hair all spiked up, he had a big radio on his arm, all metal music, he had a rat running around his, his thing, and I'd walk behind him. And this happened for three months, every day, every Sunday morning, I was going to the prayer meeting, and he'd, I'd go out my house here, and he'd come down the road here, and I'd walk behind him, and I'd start praying quietly, and then he must have heard me, and he put his music up louder. So as he put his music up louder, I prayed, and I prayed in tongues, and raised them warfare there, and I never thought any more about it. When we got to the bottom of the road, he'd go one way, and I'd go the other. Anyway, what happened was, um, one day, I never saw him, and I didn't see him again. And then one day, somebody said to me, you know that punk rocker? I said, yes, said, he's come to know Jesus as Lord and Saviour. And um, so I was invited to go to his water baptism, which I did go to his water baptism. And I can't remember the prophecy was over that man, but there was a prophecy, and I do remember one thing that was said, and that would be that God was going to make him, he, he was a rough diamond, and God was going to polish him up and use him. And then I connected the two. I connected the, whether it was the, um, you know, the tramp and this punk rocker. And then I suddenly realized these are the ones God loves. And in time to come, God's going to bring these people in. Because if there's going to be a revival, God's going to bring them all in. And these are people that God can use out there in the world because they've already been out there in the world. And I thank God for prayer is important, people. Just pray for the lost souls out there. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you for those who were brave enough to share. Is there one more? Oh, yes, yeah, please. Here we go, I'll pop you back on. Sorry. Um, right. So me and my friend did this little um, Bible study thing on a Bible app that we both have, um, and it was on praying dangerously. Um, one thing that f really stood out for me, and the first thing was the guy that wrote it was talking about how um, in the Bible these people are praying for their lives, they're praying for food so they can eat. Um, and we're 
um, praying that we'll have a good day and bless these burgers and fries or something like that. Um, so it was the kind of thing of, yes, we can go through our standard prayers, but also why not pray for someone being healed? Or why not pray for miracles? Because they do happen. It's just, yeah. Absolutely. Thank you. There's some encouragement. Oops. I think it's gone off now. You guys know how to fix that. <laughs> oh, yep, she's back. Hi, I'm Pip. And uh, so yesterday I had to take my granddaughter to hockey and um, I had to pick her up because the other grandchild was going out to Rolleston and I had to go to Sydenham. And I said to my granddaughter, OK, what should we do? And she said, we'll go to Animates. So I thought, righto. So I went to Animates and I just locked the car and I turned around and this person came out and you know the big bollards that they have in front of the shop? He'd slipped and he went smack into this bollard and his head, I felt sickened because it was so loud his head hitting this bollard and I thought this man's in trouble and so I went over there and so other people did too and I thought, right, I need to pray for him. So I was kneeling down with him, and at the same time he had this massive seizure, and um, I thought, okay, so I'll let him have a seizure, and then I just laid my hands on him, and quietly, I didn't do it out loud, but quietly I just asked Jesus to heal him, that he'd have no head injury, that he would be fine, and um, when he started coming to, I said, have you got a headache? And he said, no. I said, do you have a sore head? And he says, No. And I just thought, thank you, Lord. Praise God. Thank you. Thank you for that. Anyone else going? Yeah, Jeremy. Thank you, mate. Yeah, so I just um, just echoing um, what uh, Josh has already said, I have a um, story um, of, uh, I might have shared the story before, but um, I'm going to share it again. Um, so when I, I was in Mongolia um, last year, as some of you know, and um, I was doing, I was part of a team that we were doing Bible distribution, and we were in the Gobi Desert, and I came across um, one of the one of the days that we were doing distribution. I was I was in a team where we actually didn't have a translator, so that was interesting, <laughs> and we um, we came across this. Um, there was this house, and um, all of the houses in Mongolia, they have these big uh, gates, right, and there are guard dogs on the other side, and usually you have to knock on the, uh, the gate um, like a few times <laughs> before um, someone will actually notice, but in the meantime, like when you're doing that, uh, the guard dogs are going crazy, and yeah, it's just an interesting time, so... Um, we're knocking on this gate, right, and usually, yeah, it takes a couple of times before someone comes out, but um, we're knocking on this particular gate for probably like three, four, almost five minutes, and I'm and you know I'm thinking, well, what's the, you know, like, should we move on? But I actually felt that at the time the Holy Spirit was saying, no, like, there's something that, um, that God wanted to do here. So, um, you know, I started praying. Um, I tried to make a habit of praying over every house that we're going to, but I started praying over this place saying, um, you know, Lord, if there's something that you want to do here, then, you know, um, whoever's home, bring them out. So, not too long after that, um, there was um, I saw someone come out of their um, out of the um, the gur the um, the yurt that they um, live in, and it was this little old lady. She was probably I reckon she was in her eighties, maybe nineties, and she slowly started creeping towards the gate, and she opened it, and this lady she was 
she couldn't see very well, and she was almost completely deaf. Like, when, uh, when, I, um, when the uh, locals I was with, the pastor tried to talk to her, she was literally having to put her, like, her mouth right next to her ear and shout like this <laughs> to be able to get anything through. So um, they, they were talking for a while, and, you know, we had... Um, we had uh, written Bibles and we had audio Bibles and, you know, this conversation, like, it was, um, it was hard. And I didn't actually understand what was um, being said um, until afterwards. Um, and I just remember praying, God, she, you know, I believe that you want to do something here. I believe that's what you said. And this lady, you know, she, you know, she can't see very well. So, uh, you know, a written Bible's probably no good. And she can hardly hear, so an audio Bible's no good. So just, Lord, give her a way in which she's able to receive your word. <laughs> and so um, shortly after that, we all started praying for this lady. And uh, what, what actually ended up happening was the pastor um, that we were with, she started to... Um, get this lady, because she had been, she was able to communicate like some level of the gospel message to her um, after a lot of shouting, and so she got, <laughs> yeah, she got this uh, lady to just proclaim the name of Jesus over her, um, over her, her sickness and over her, um, just over her body, and I think on the second or third time, this lady just like sh- you know, shouted Jesus as loud as a 90-year-old could, and all of a sudden, um, she was actually, she was able to, like, hear us, like, as well as, well, I wouldn't say as well as you're able to hear me now, because I'm using a microphone, but, yeah, she was able to hear just fine, and, like, the you know, and I know that's true, because, like, it wasn't just a, oh, thanks, I'm better now, like, you know, she was, like, jumping up and down, and, like, she was praising the Lord, and, like, she was following us down the street, like, we were trying to distribute Bibles to other places, um, and, yeah, you, there was no doubt that, like, the Lord had done a work in her life, and she had received Jesus, and, yeah, just want to echo what Josh said, Josh said, you know, I think that God's just looking for people that actually have faith, and actually want to take him at his word, and, yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much. Indeed, dangerous. Praying dangerously. I've heard that phrase before. You know, the, the Bible talked about um, signs and wonders. And, and yet today we, we kind of... Signs and wonders used to be the norm. They're no longer the norm. I wonder why. Maybe it's got something to do with... We need to activate our prayers and pray more dangerously. So thank you for those who've shared. I, I too have a wee story. It's probably not as exciting as some. But uh, I arrived in New Zealand back in 1998 with my paraglider, my CV and my suit. And uh, I came over six months before my wife. The whole plan was that I would establish you know, a really solid job and, and set things up well. So you know, find a home and settle down. And then my wife would come over from South Africa and join me. And well, uh, needless to say, ended up in the Hawke's Bay picking apples for a whole apple season. Didn't see that one coming. So I was praying, you know, God, here I am. I feel called to New Zealand, feeling that God's going to provide and this lovely job, you know, three-piece suit, coming from three-piece suit to, to T-shirt and Hawke's Bay's weather is awesome, by the way. Uh, and, and God answers prayer in his perfect timing and for what we need. And so I realized, even though I was grumpy even back then, that I had the world's best apples I could eat. And I was richly blessed because I was fit and healthy. And coming from there down to Christchurch with my wife at that time, 
Uh, Melinda and I ended up in Ernest Adams uh, working on the assembly line. And I could have got even grumpier there, but I was richly blessed. We, we thank God for provision, even though we were earning the minimum wage and kind of that soul-destroying, it felt like work on the assembly line. God always answers our prayers, and he knows what we need, and he will provide in his perfect timing. So each of you will have stories, I'm sure, that you, you would like to share. And can I encourage you, we're all called to share our stories. They call them testimonies. How else would we know the amazing work God's doing? In Mongolia, if it doesn't take people like Jeremy boldly standing up and, and proclaiming the, the work that God is doing. And so we step out in our prayers, in faith, we pray. And we pray with, with recklessness, if you want to call it that. But we need to pray, and we need to pray with expectation. And when God answers prayer, let us celebrate the work that God's doing. You know, as a company, we started sharing the miracles of God that are happening. And it's amazing, because for the first time, people are actually sharing these miracles. We tend to get so busy and beaver away and not stop and thank God for the amazing miracles that are happening around us, often from ceaseless prayers of his people, you and me. So I'd like to share just a couple of the tools uh, that I use and also a prayer list. First and foremost, the number one tool <laughs> is the Holy Bible. I have this lovely Blessed Discipleship Bible. It's an NIV. It has amazing tools in it, within it. The Concordance, for example, and other rich tools in this wonderful book. I also have modern technology here on my phone, so I can open up the YouVersion Bible, which is a free Bible app. And on this phone, I can have the NIV, the King James, the Message, uh, the Passion Bible. I can have all sorts. And also recently, the YouVersion has released a little wee prayer list option, which you can see up there within the app. If anybody wants to talk to me about, by the way, how to set these things up, Come and chat to me afterwards. I'm happy to share with you. But it's wonderful to be able to just go in and set up prayer lists because we need to pray ceaselessly. And we need to pray as if, you know, a passion over time. Uh, we used to call it, uh, when I joined uh, the church at, with the apostolics, a lot of what I used to call, sorry, the silver bullet prayers. And I believe God can answer that prayer in a moment. But I also believe we need to be tireless and ceaseless in our prayers. And praying over years sometimes. I know a pastor who's been praying for 30 years for the salvation of his brother, a young man here, or not so young anymore, here in Christchurch, who has yet not found Christ as his Lord and Savior. A little wee book up there by Gary Thomas has been a little treasure for me also a number of years ago. It's called Sacred Pathways and Discovering Your Soul's Path to God. We all connect with God in different ways, and prayer is a very intimate way of connecting with God. I've tried to use the microphone today to, to, to let us hear stories of, of things that are happening, and it just stop, starts with people stopping and praying, <laughs> and praying for the beggar, and praying for, for the, the person injured, and praying for whoever it may be, and praying even through discernment of the Holy Spirit, praying that someone will come out of the house that needs to be touched by God. So the faithful prayer, knowing, expecting, these are wonderful things. So if you haven't read that Sacred Pathways, I encourage you to do so, because I believe, and I know a number of people in our church, 
that actually find it difficult to pray. They struggle to pray. They're not sure exactly how to pray. They think prayer is all about the eloquence of words. I haven't read that anywhere in the Gospels. Prayer is about bringing our petitions to God and, and whatever is burdened in our spirit, in our hearts. There's no kind of do's or don'ts on praying. We bring it, as Colin said, it's us being us, you being you. And of course, Jesus teaches us how to pray. We can go through the Gospels and we can see here from Luke 11, if you've got your Bibles, feel free to open up to Luke 11, 1, 4. One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. He said to them, Jesus said to them, When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins. For we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. And we can see in the book of Matthew 6, Six, a different version here, and I'll just share a little bit there because I love this version too. But when you pray, Jesus says, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. And that's hard to do sometimes in the busy world we, we find ourselves in. We need to slow down and be intentional about putting our prayers before God. Where is your small quiet place, as my mum calls it, that little godly place where we can, we can quietly and reverently come before our God and pray? We need to do more and more in these days of need, I believe. And God answers prayer. At Vision College, we open our day in prayer. And often I'd say, cool, now I can get on with my day. But prayer becomes part and parcel of every living moment. And where there's a need, we now stop and we uphold that need in prayer. And it's a blessing time. It's a blessed time. And God answers prayer. We can also pray from the scriptures. Uh, the scriptures are rich with amazing verses. For example, Paul hearing 2 Corinthians. Sharing finally, brothers and sisters, rejoice. So if you struggle sometimes to pray, just praying the scriptures. A beautiful place. To start, strive for full restoration, encourage one another. So the prayer might be, Lord, help me to encourage my brother and my sister around me. Help me to be of one mind and live in peace with those around me. And the God of love and peace will be with you, is the promise. Psalm 117, it's actually the shortest psalm in the Bible, says, Praise the Lord, all you nations. Extol him. This word extol, I had to go and look it up. It's a bit different to exalt. It's praying with enthusiasm. Praising with enthusiasm. So extol him, all you peoples, for great is his love towards us. And the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. Praise the Lord. So there could be a prayer of praise. Romans 10.1, the Apostle Paul says, Brothers and sisters, my heart's desire and prayer to God for the Israelites, this could be for all of those around us, is that they may be saved. We just heard before. We pray for those unsaved souls. Each of us knows unsaved souls around us. They're on my little prayer list. I've got five staff who don't know Christ yet, and I'm praying for them each and every day.
And we pray for revival too, because what we can struggle in prayer, God can answer in a heartbeat. So let's keep praying for revival also. There's various forms of prayer in the Bible. Uh, I'm not here to try and cover all of them, uh, but I'd like to encourage us to just go through a few together. Some are given by name and others by example in the scriptures. There's the prayer of thanksgiving, and this is the prayer where we focus on what God has done. There's the prayer of supplication or asking. There's intercessory prayer, praying on behalf of others. And there's corporate or public prayer, which we often do here on Sundays. And there's those little tent prayers, I call them, those little closet or private prayers. There's worship times where we come before God, often with music and worship and pray to God. There's also prayers of consecration and prayers of faith, which we heard Jeremy sharing there before, expecting God, having the confidence that God will answer the prayer. There's also this interesting one, yeah, imprecatory prayer. And if you would like to know more about that, uh, Wendy Taylor, I think, might offer a, a more suitable answer. I won't offer uh, an example there. But th what I would like to say is there's a range of different prayers. And we can group them together. It doesn't say we have to only pray this way or that way. These are just simply some examples of how we can pray to our amazing God. And we can clump them together, if you like. <laughs> we can group a whole bunch of them together and pray. Prayer is our way of building that close relationship with our loving Father. It's a way that he desires of each of us to reverently come before him and pray. And so we pray and we pray ceaselessly. We draw near to him. And I don't know if you've noticed, but the more I pray, the closer I feel to the heartbeat of God. The closer and the easier it is for me to discern the needs of those around me and to pray into those needs. The less, the less I pray and the busier I get, well, things don't kind of go as well. The scriptures say he should increase and we should decrease. So some of you, and, and as, as I shared before, I know a number of folks who struggle with how to even get started in prayer. Philippians 4 is a great place to start. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Some people say, but God knows the desires of our heart. Yes, he does, but he loves our voices. Often when he was about to heal someone, Jesus would ask the person, what is it that you need? And he knows the need, but he loves to hear us articulate the need. The scriptures go on and say, And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And I love verse 8. It's one of my core verses because it gets us thinking on the good things. The world will try and change our thinking on the negative or the bad things, the downers, as I call them. Paul says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right and pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And as the mind processes those good things happening around us, we tend not to dwell on the negative things. The enemy will use the seed of doubt and deception and fear to undermine the work of God. 
Paul encourages us here to dwell on the good things. Think of those good things. So friends, just to encourage you, and I'd love to invite after we've finished today, those of you who are struggling a bit with kind of this, 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 this whole aspect of prayer, perhaps you're carrying some needs, uh, prayer needs, and, and you haven't seen a breakthrough yet. Uh, myself and the other elders would love to gather here, and I'd like to invite the elders afterwards to join me, because even if we don't have folks joining, I'd love us to have a little prayer huddle today as elders and just quietly pray here. And if folks come, we'd love to pray for you also, because I believe there are needs out there. I believe you carry a need right now, some of you, and, and I would love to pray for you. Indeed, we called, particularly as elders, to pray for the flock, to pray for one another. And I would love this place to be more and more a house of prayer. That is the word that God placed upon my heart to share today. And not just for here, but also for my home. I'm praying circles around my family and my home as well. And I encourage you to do the same. So we're not going to end with worship from our team, but I'd love to play this little video clip. It's a song by a worship group called The Newsboys. And it focuses on those little prayers in an empty room. And afterwards, I'll close for us in prayer. Thank you. That's how you change the world. Know this one?
Thank you. I'd like to close for us in prayer. Thank you, Lord. Yes, Father God, thank you that we are those little sparks of light that need to break into this dark world that we often see around us. Thank you for the reminder again today through our stories and that, that we've heard from your word that prayers matter. Our prayers matter. And you love it, Father God, when we come before you in prayer. Help, help us all to be real prayer warriors as we go about our everyday ordinary lives. And to pray expectantly, Father. Help us to pray for those around us, those empty souls who are still waiting to be known by you. Convict us, Father, I pray, that we can, we can be bold and courageous in our prayers. We can be dangerous almost in our prayers. And use us as your people to be prayer warriors wherever you've planted us. Help us not be distracted by the enemy uh, through the busyness of the demands of our day or our lives. So, Father, we thank you for this time of gathering today. We thank you that within each of us, you've blessed us with the ability to speak we have a voice to talk with you and help us to celebrate the amazing miracles that you are doing in the world around us. Thank you that you are the miracle God who hears our prayers and who answers prayers. I pray your blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, everyone. So if you would like prayer, I invite you to come forward. Uh, the rest of you can huddle off to enjoy some tea or coffee. In the meantime, I'd like to invite the elders to come and we'll do a prayer huddle over here. So you're welcome to come along and we can pray for you together. Thank you.